I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, San Francisco's visible mental health crisis. If you've walked the streets here, you've probably seen numerous people who appear to be in need of psychiatric care. To get into that issue, we're going to throw it over to our crew in City Hall for an episode of San Francisco City Insider. Reporter Dominic Fracasa interviews columnist Heather Knight, who's been writing about the epidemic of untreated mental illness on our streets. Here's San Francisco City Insider. Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm City Hall reporter Dominic Fracasa, and I'm here today with columnist Heather Knight. She wrote recently about a new report out of City Hall that looks at conservatorship. Its data was pretty eye-opening, and it helps shed some light on why we see so much untreated mental illness on our streets. I'll be right back with Heather Knight after this. San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. Good to be here. So Heather, you and I both have the good fortune to live and work in San Francisco. So let's take a second to outline the problem, what it's like walking the city streets these days uh, for listeners who might not live here. There's clearly a lot of untreated mental illness right out in the open. Um, It's devastating to look at. And I think like a lot of people, we ask ourselves why this is allowed to happen. In, in San Francisco. Right. Um, the new homeless count numbers show that there are 30 percent more homeless people than there were two years ago. Um, the mental illness and drug use um, are crises of, in and of themselves. They've also gone way up. Um, we see people who are clearly high, um, just behaving really erratically, um, running naked, oftentimes wearing um, hospital gowns or hospital bracelets, showing they've just been released from the psychiatric emergency room in SF General, and they're back out on the city streets, oftentimes hours or days later. It just seems like the city doesn't have a handle on this huge crisis at all. Yeah, and I think we sort of, the city is getting known for that. Right. It's it's sort of being you know blown up nationwide as uh, the fact that we can't handle this or get our arms around it. Yeah, it's really sad that I, it seems like just a few years ago we were known for cable cars and sea lions. And now yeah. it's just horrible pictures that are really going around the world of needles, poop, um, you name it. Yeah. Let's talk about this new report you wrote about. Uh, what were the major findings? This is focused on conservatorship, correct? Right. So there's a new report out of City Hall from Harvey Rose's office. He's a longtime um, budget analyst, and he was tasked with examining this conservatorship issue to see um, would this play a role in what we're seeing on the streets? Um, Are we conserving enough people? And it looks from his findings like the answer is a big no. So this was sort of commissioned by Supervisor Rafael Mandelman. He represents District 8, Mm -hmm. uh, the Castro, Noe Valley, and other neighborhoods in San Francisco. This topic is one that's very personal to him. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Right. He's been really focusing on mental illness since he was inaugurated um, because of his own childhood experience with um, devastating mental illness of his mother. He was raised by a single mom in Laguna Beach. Um, She was in and out of the hospital. She would spend days in bed crying. He told me that when he was nine, he'd have to go out and find his own food because she was not capable of taking care of him. He actually moved out of the house when he was 11, came up to San Francisco, and was raised by a string of um, extended family members, some classmates, parents, foster parents. Eventually, a teacher kind of took him under um, their wing. And 
uh, he stayed in touch with his mother and would hear these horrifying stories about her running naked through the streets of Laguna Beach. He would visit her in hospitals and told me that um, it was like he wasn't even talking to his mom. She was there physically, but completely not there mentally and made no sense, had hallucinations. So um, he has known this problem firsthand and really has tried, you know, to his credit to get some sort of handle on where San Francisco is going wrong with the way it's treating people like his mother. Yeah, I think right when he was elected, this is one of the very first issues that he that he jumped on, as I recall. So let's talk about what are we talking about when we talk about conservatorship, right? Let's start with the description of the law, the kind of umbrella law that governs this whole thing. It's called Uh, The Lanterman-Petrus Short Law. Rolls off the tongue. (laughs) Beautifully. What the heck is that exactly? It's 50 years old now. I think the idea behind it was good because uh, back in the 50s and 60s, mentally ill people were kept indefinitely in hospitals and basically all of their rights were taken away. They could be forced to take medication even if they didn't want to. And it definitely had gone too far towards, you know, the stereotype of basically an insane asylum. And so this law intended to get people out into the community um, if they were able and set up a way more um, rigid system for conserving people, which means um, compelling them into mandated treatment, even if they say they don't want it. Um, It's very complicated and can get pretty confusing, but um, it starts with 72-hour holds. Those are pretty well known as 5150s. If someone is um, an immediate danger to themselves or somebody else, Um, They can be taken to SF General or another psychiatric emergency room um, by police or other officials and um, compelled to be cared for for 72 hours. After that, you have to keep extending it to 14 days, 30 days, six months. Finally, it can be a permanent conservatorship, which is a year up for renewal each year. Um, It's very hard to get those approved. They have to go before a superior court judge. They require hearings in the hospital. So it's very complicated. It's hard to do. And um, San Francisco is doing them less and less. Yeah. And it's one part of why it's so hard to do is sort of by design, right? Because you are taking someone's civil liberties away, saying you will be here. We're going to take care of all of your affairs. You're, we're going to need to, to take care of you in general. Or we're, going to, we're going to remove your ability to get up and walk around, really, right, in mm-hmm. order to, to, to help you is kind of what the, the city and the state says. So we'll, we'll get to that, I know, in mm-hmm. just a little some of the complicated dynamics there. So one of the big takeaways, I think, from the report was that San Francisco is conserving 50 percent fewer people than it did just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Why is that exactly? It seems to be a double-edged sword. There's the progressive politics of being wary of taking away people's civil liberties, understandably, coupled with the fact that we have far fewer treatment beds than we used to. Um, The uh, acute beds at SF General have been cut in half since the recession and not restored. There's um, the number of beds out in the community for the longer-term care have been cut by a third. We just have way too few places to put people if they are conserved. Um, with the dicey politics of conserving them in the first place, it's just not been a popular move. And that's understandable. But if the alternative is letting people deteriorate on the sidewalks, sleep in their own waste, not have food, um, just basically deteriorate and sometimes die in public, I don't think that's a good alternative either. So Yeah, it's sort of shifting the the window of what is what people will say is progressive. Right. right. I mean, I've heard that talked about for a while now. Is it progressive to allow people to deteriorate 
because of you know uh, an aversion to to taking away their civil liberties. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a tough discussion for sure. I think the politics at City Hall around that are really shifting. It seemed like you couldn't even touch the subject a few years ago. Now Mayor London Breed is a proponent of conservatorship. State Senator Scott Weiner, Supervisor Raphael Mandelman, more and more supervisors and others are realizing you know. Our status quo is obviously not working. We have to do something different. Why are conservatorships such an important part of the way a county, uh, in San Francisco's case, deals with mentally ill people? What are the pros and cons to that system exactly? Well, there's so many people on our streets and some who are housed who um, have very serious mental illness. But uh, mental illness is, I think, the only illness that um, you may not realize you have or want treatment for. Um it, that is part of the illness in and of itself to not understand that you are ill. So it's very complicated. Um, and when someone has been left for so long untreated, that gets worse and worse and harder and harder to convince them that they do need the help. So at some point, others have to decide on their behalf that, you know, leaving them running around naked in Union Square is not OK. Um, so it, like I said, starts with a 72 hour hold and goes from there, um, becoming longer and longer. And that's really the only power that um that county officials have to deal with this crisis. So most people think of treating people against their will if they're homicidal or suicidal, a danger to themselves or to others, right? Mm -hmm. But they can also be conserved if they're, quote, gravely disabled Mm -hmm. and can't provide for their own food, shelter, clothing, the the most basic necessities. Mm -hmm. It sounds like San Francisco has a different view of what gravely disabled means than other counties around us. Right. That was another interesting part of the report. It found that you're about five and a half times more likely to be conserved in San Mateo County, obviously just to our south, south, and um, four times more likely to be conserved in Marin, um, and much less likely to be conserved here than most counties around California. So um, a big reason for that is that we have a different understanding of that kind of nebulous term, gravely disabled. It wouldn't be hard to argue that many people you see on the sidewalks of San Francisco are greatly disabled because they're obviously not providing for their own shelter, food, and clothing, which is the definition. Um, but San Francisco has been, again, very wary of conserving those people. Um, we have a less less of a problem if um, somebody is committing a violent act right before a police officer's eyes towards somebody else or to themselves. And um, interestingly, the report also showed that that's the reason that people are taken in so often for 5150s. We are actually more likely to do the short-term 72-hour holds than other counties. So it seems to me that that's going about it in the wrong way, that if we keep bringing the same people in for three-day holds and then letting them out still in their gowns and their hospital bracelets um, over and over again, they call those people frequent flyers because they're in the hospital so often. But if they're just keep being released after three days, that's not really doing anybody any good. And it costs taxpayers a lot of money. So let me make sure I understand that really quickly. So a, a high San Francisco has a higher volume of the short term hold, 72 hour holds. Mm-hmm. But over the past several years has been reducing the number of, of people who are actually conserved, mm-hmm. uh, conserved for longer periods of time. Yeah. So it could be argued that's not progressive to keep putting people inside for set, for three days just to kind of get them crazy people, quote unquote, out of the um, public eye, just, you know, whisk them away for the three hours or excuse me, the three days and then let them out again. 
when you're not actually providing any long-term treatment, which is what the six-month, one-year, and and longer conservatorships could actually do. And super quickly also, I just wanted to touch on the issue of of drugs and specifically the rise of, you know, in particular methamphetamine usage in, in San Francisco. I know, you know, one, one of the issues that uh, uh, city, uh, city Hall politicos that I've spoken to about this issue myself have said, you know, it doesn't make sense to you know, if someone keeps falling through this, the cracks in the system, what, what often happens is they will, you know, suffer from a meth-induced psychosis, mm-hmm. as it's called, and be obviously uh, uh, obviously sick and, and oftentimes addicted. But after, you know, a 72-hour hold, they're able to collect themselves mm-hmm. a little bit more, present as, you know, as totally ha- having it together to a judge. And then they're, they have to be, the judge almost always has to release them if they can say, sorry about that, Your Honor, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, just let me go and I'm, and I'm set. And then they, th- that cycle continues. And I know that, you know, alcohol has long been a contributing factor to why someone can be conserved if they can't, you know, care for themselves. Mm-hmm. But drugs wasn't always part of that picture, which I thought, I know some recent reforms have tried to address that in California, but I don't know, that issue certainly contributes to to the problem, it seems. Yeah, I've heard from folks who work at the emergency room at SF General that they refer to their own psych emergency room as a car wash. You bring the person in, clean them up, get them sobered up a little bit, or you know they come to a little bit in three days, you feed them, and then they're sent back out with no long-term plan and no real solution. And so um, the staff gets really frustrated too because they're not doing, an, in a lot of cases, any long-term good. Yeah. Well, fair to say nobody at City Hall thinks we're doing a good job when it comes to mental health care, uh, to say nothing of the uh, uh, the body politic in the mm-hmm. city. Uh, so what are the mayor and supervisors doing about it? What's on the horizon? Uh, we know that, you know, Supervisor Mandelman, you know, wants to have, uh, um, I believe, a hearing on mm-hmm. the findings of this report. But what else are our elected officials doing about this issue? Yeah, so we can expect a hearing on this report and the bigger picture of conservatorship sometime this fall. In addition, um, Mayor London Breed has put in, I believe, 212 new um, beds for mental health care and drug treatment in the budget. So those will gradually be opening over the next year or two, but still not um, enough, I would argue. And then um, she's also appointed Dr. Anton Bland, who used to run the psychiatric emergency room at SF General, to a new position she created in the public health department to take a step back and kind of a big picture look at the mental health care system in the city and where are the holes and what do we need to do to make it function. Um, Meanwhile, supervisors Hillary Ronan and Matt Haney um, came up with a plan called Mental Health SF, which would um, create a universal right to mental health care in San Francisco from the most serious cases you see in public, people wandering in traffic in their hospital gowns to the less severe cases of people who are housed and even have insurance but can't get a therapy appointment as quickly as they need and may be suffering from depression or anxiety. Um, They want to make sure that everybody has immediate access to um, a psychiatrist and doctors and nurses prescriptions. And that would be based in a 24-7 facility, probably on the campus of SF General. Um, They kind of rushed that out. Uh, We broke it in the Chronicle. (laughs) Um, And the mayor didn't even know about it. So uh, that didn't go over very well. And um, they have since decided that they will collaborate and put some sort of idea. Um, It was going to be up for voter approval in November. They've pushed it back till March. So it might get tweaked somewhat before then. So those are all in the works, but um, not a lot of immediate solutions, I would argue, for the crisis we see on our sidewalks. Well, Heather, thank you so much uh, for uh, shedding some light on this. Uh, I know that um, you'll keep following this and, and myself as well. Yeah, great to talk to you. Thanks so much to Chronicle columnist Heather Knight for joining us today on San Francisco City Insider. And thanks to King Kaufman for producing today's episode. I'm City Hall reporter Dominic Fracasa. Thanks for listening. 
San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.